0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Azizi Podcast. I'm super excited to present to you my next guest, Jerry Casares. Jerry is a boxing manager. He, along with his partner and world champion, Jamel Herring, own a boxing management company called First to Fight. Enjoy the show, everybody. Recording, Jerry Casares, welcome to Azizi Podcast.
1: Hello, thank you for having me.
0: Um, it's kind of funny. We followed each other for a long time on Instagram because we both are boxing people and you more so, you know, you're actually working in the industry and you're grinding and I always see you, you know, doing your thing, but we never actually met. And so what happened basically after my podcast with, uh, with this cool guy that I met, Jay Ch- uh, Chaudhry, and he talked to me about the promotion of the fighters and endorsement of the deals. You know, I have posted a snippet of that podcast on my Instagram and you DMed me saying like, hey, like I actually have experience with that too. And there's so much more to it than, you know, than what you guys discussed in terms of that little snippet. So, right. and that's why I was like, well, that's, that's awesome. Do you want to talk about it? Do you want to be on my podcast? And you're like, yeah, sure. So, so basically let's give a little bit, a little bit of a background about you. Who are you, sir? And what do you do? And how are you involved with boxing?
1: All right. Uh, well, like you introduced me, I'm Jerry Caceres. I... Go ahead, and uh, I, I'm a part of a company named uh, First to Fight Management. Uh, it's myself and world champion Jamal Herring. Uh, he's my partner in right. the in, in the company. Great boxer, uh, yeah. G- g- you know, great great guy, great boxer. Um, we actually went ahead and were able to take uh, do something unique, which was take a fighter that's the current world champion and that's been through you know the ups and downs of boxing. Mm -hmm. and uh take my experiences in the boxing world having worked with uh other fighters in the past uh, having worked with mma fighters having worked with promotions and promoters from uh the mma world and from the boxing world and be able to take all that and form a company together uh not only to 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 go ahead and help fighters but to to guide them correctly because you know look there's a lot of managements out there there's a lot of uh, people that can go ahead and get you a fight. That's not a problem of getting a fight, but it's about planning and building a career and strategizing mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. there has to be a, a plan from start to middle to finish as to where you want to go ahead and take the career of the fighter. Mm-hmm. And so that's, uh,
0: that's super awesome that we are talking about this because that's exactly what I've been discussing on my podcast before and some of my guests basically stated that the management situation for the current professional boxers is is not the best one because again a lot of managers are not professionals they're not they don't have necessarily experience uh, to be a a boxing or an athletes manager, and especially in boxing, you know, a lot, a lot of the times the boxers would, you know, hire their relatives or their friends, you know, right. with, without actually looking at their credentials and or like their, you know, past in terms of experience. So you are a boxing manager, and you have your boxing yes. management company with Jamel yes. Herring.
1: Yes, and yes, and uh, you know, I've been a, I've been fortunate to to be with Jamel for for quite some time. Uh, you know, I've known Jamel since. Uh, his Olympic amateur days. And, uh, you know, it was one of those things that where uh, I was a fan of his. I, I was a fan of his because, uh, you know, I have a lot of friends and family that have been uh, U.S. Marines. So to see him come through the ranks, you know, and see a military guy, in this case, a Marine, break through to the top amateurs and make it onto the Olympic team was mm-hmm. something really special for us because it doesn't happen very often, you know? Absolutely. And, and uh, then to see him, obviously, now in this phase, Go on to win a world championship. Uh, there's only a handful of fighters that have been, you know, U.S. Marines and that have won a world title. So it's a proud moment, and uh, you know, we have that experience of what we did with him, and also other fighters that I've worked with. Uh, I worked with Samisa Estrada, super bad. Uh, she fights for Golden Boy, mm-hmm. and I know what it is, you know, in that case to uh, to s- see what it really takes to take women's boxing to another level, because um, you know there was a lot of days where we grind it. And, uh, you know, going back to the Tom Loffer, uh, cards, you know, that we spoke about, uh, you know, Gennady Golovkin's cards, uh, the su- super, uh, fly cards mm-hmm. and even, uh, some local promoters where we needed to really go ahead and, uh, show that she was a valuable, uh, part of the promotion in terms of being able to generate a crowd, sell tickets mm-hmm. to, to, to make her, uh, uh, to, to, to be able to give her the opportunity to earn, uh, you know, good money and to keep fighting off to because everyone wants to fight. Look, there's a million right. fighters out there. Everybody wants to fight, but uh, we really need to go ahead and have a plan when we go to the promoter of how we're mm-hmm. going to market this fighter. If not, it doesn't matter who they are, you're, you're not going to get very far with it. So let's talk
0: about those grinding days that you you've mentioned. You know, yes. I want to start from the very beginning. How did you get sure. into boxing manager? I saw in your resume basically on your LinkedIn, you started as a marketing guy. You were very involved in the marketing in general and then would that be fair to say that that kind of led you into management and like getting into the boxing industry what was your first step in the boxing industry
1: well my father was a my father was a professional fighter and growing up i mean my father fought in the in the 1920s and mm-hmm. uh, he fought under the name of babe herman so my father had you know uh, 100 professional fights and fought for the world wow. title at madison square garden and fought all over the world um, his biggest rival was uh, 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 Louis Kid Kaplan, which is a Hall of Famer, uh, Mm -hmm. one of the great featherweights in history. And they had a rivalry that spanned over five fights. And, uh, you know, growing up, I I, I always knew boxing. But my father, of course, like any parent, they don't want you to get into the sport. What was good for them was, you know, it's not necessarily something they want. Distressed education. But sooner or later, you know, watching the Hagler, the Hearns and all those fights with them, it mm-hmm. planted the seed.
0: <laughs> right, it of planted course. the
1: seed. I, I found the Ring magazines. I found the, mm-hmm. the Ring uh, Atlas the with all the records and all his fights highlighted. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, it, my mind. And I, I ended up uh, becoming an amateur boxer. And I boxed as an amateur. And uh, that, that was, you know, I loved boxing. And I have so many Ring magazines as a kid and growing up and, and, and just being, a, you know, I'm from Los Angeles. So mm-hmm. I grew up in a situation where the gym that i came up in uh when it closed uh you know I, I ended up being forced to go somewhere else and that was a blessing in disguise because at the time i was a teen and i was heartbroken mm-hmm. that i grew up in a pal gym uh that was sponsored by the police athletically sheriff's department and when we lost the funding it gave me the opportunity to have to find somewhere else to go and i ended up going to the world famous uh, la boxing club in los angeles oh, nice. and that's where i met uh, the likes of Shane Mosey, his father, Jack, uh, you know, I remember General Hernandez trained there, Zach Padilla, Hector Lopez, name the fighters. They, they went through there. So it was just, for me, it was a, a great thing. And, um, and, and yeah, that's what kind of led me on the way. So, you know, once upon a time, I had dreams of being a world champion too, but, uh, you know, as I got, uh, into my early twenties, I had some injuries and, uh, and I, I was out for about a year, and I just decided, you know what, maybe, maybe it's time to go ahead and move on, and maybe my uh, competitive aspirations are, are are over. So that's where I found the uh, the business, you know, and uh, uh, you know that's that's kind of started the next phase of my uh, uh, of my uh, boxing experience because uh, along the '90s, I knew uh, I had met Steve Kim. Okay. Steve Kim, a common and, uh, friend of ours. Yeah, yeah. Steve Kim and the great guy and and uh, Steve used to host a radio show here in L.A. So I was a kid in high school, and I I, I Steve used to go ahead and hook me up with tickets to foreign boxing, and I oh, used to go and watch all the so awesome. all the great fights there. And uh, when when I'd go to the shows, I was always interested in who the people were behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. So you'd see certain characters from the sanctioning organizations from the management, from the uh, PR. Uh, and I was interested in knowing who those people were because... That's those funny. I, I were, had the um, same
0: thing. Like, that's what I am. I'm, like, when I'm watching boxing, like, I'm also, like, I'm watching the fight, but I'm also looking for everyone who is around the ring and who is
1: doing that. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I'm fascinated by that. And, yeah. uh, you know, that's that sparked an interest. So years later, uh, uh, you know, when Steve had his website, uh, along with Doug Fisher and a gentleman named Gary Randall, they went from House of Boxing to Max Boxing, mm-hmm. and when they created Max Boxing, uh, I was uh, I was you know afforded the opportunity of uh, doing some work for them. And like like I got what, what? What kind of work? And, uh, doing video, we're covering fights, and uh, yeah, you know, I remember getting calls for fights. Uh, hey, you want to go? You know, get calls from Gary, and he'd say, Hey, you want to go to Vegas? Fly out there. I need you to cover this. I need you to cover that fight. And we're talking about early 2000s, so you know, 2000, uh, 2001. Would they pay for your flights and hotels and all of that? Yeah, I was getting paid. I was I was paid for my work. I that that went ahead and uh, you know, I was to me it was like, yeah, this is okay. Yeah, I can go ahead and do this. I I know a a lot of the a lot of the fighters were in the same major group as me, so Mm -hmm. you know, I was able to go ahead and get to certain fighters and have them remember me or talk to them and and be able to get them. Get the coverage or get the interview from them you know it wasn't a problem so it was yeah like you said it's a dream job and I was like cool this is cool but I took advantage of being there and m- making sure that I met people that I met the television right. executives that I met people and that they I remember them by name and that they remember me and I mm-hmm. just kept on you know that's how you build relationships in this business, and you really have to go ahead and. Uh, there's no college in the world that can teach you that. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, of course. that's something you you have to go ahead and uh, and learn and develop over a period of time. So, mm-hmm. I was able to go ahead and do that, and uh, it paid off because uh, uh, through that I met a lot of fighters, and uh, I was able to help a few fighters along the way. Um, I remember once upon a time. So- with Go ahead.
0: Sorry to interrupt, but I just sure. wanted to kind of dive into that particular sure. uh, subject of meeting people because for a lot of people it's actually very hard you know for, for people like me for example, I, I love meeting people. I love to coming yes. up to, 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 to folks and just saying hi and introducing myself. but sometimes even I am very shy in, in, in depending on who am I meeting right? How right. was that for you in terms of going out there you know and during the fights and after fights parties or before the fights you know the way ins there's other like, different opportunities how can you like where you can meet people during the boxing event or the fight right. week? Was that difficult for you how did you approach people is that something that you were you know basically talented in just schmoozing and 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 just you know connecting I,
1: I mean I think it comes naturally to me to go ahead and like you know be able to uh, initiate conversation with people but it, it did help along the way that you know I, I always thank guys like Steve Kim and Doug Fisher and uh, Tom Garbasi. uh he helped me a ton with the with the UFC uh, brass because he allowed me you know he'd he recognize me at events and mm-hmm. he'd call me over and he'd make sure that I could meet the Dana Whites of the world, the Lorenzo Fortitas, you know, mm-hmm. uh, the Kerry Davis from HBO, the people that that were players in the game, you know, that, that actually had positions of power and influence. So to me, that was great because I knew that, okay, meeting these people is going to pay off one day, you know?
0: And so – and I'm asking this because I'm hoping that people who are aspiring to work in the boxing industry know what it, it entails. So when yes. you meet those people, I want to I want to know like what exactly, how what's your strategy? Do you just simply introduce yourself and you guys exchange contacts, or just you know making sure that you remember who's who, or do you usually start like some sort of a conversation? Because if you're meeting Dana Whites of the world, for example, yes. it it can be very intimidating because they don't have a lot of time and they don't have a lot of uh, attention span to actually memorize some random person right from the street. Absolutely. so do you what do you have some sort of a thought about that like how you want to approach that how you want to grab their attention
1: you know I, I'm, I'm glad you said that because um, a few times you know you meet p- people and it's kind of like on a high and buy real quick because you're either at a weigh-in or a situation where people are on the move so you meet someone and you say hi you know you introduce yourself and if you have 15 30 seconds of their time you want to make sure that you get a chance to introduce yourself and say your name and you know this and that and remember them by their name because you may run into them. It's a fight weekend. You may run into them again the the morning of the fight, or you may run into them in the lobby and you want to make right. sure that you're able to go and say, Hey, you know, it was nice meeting you yesterday, this and that. And now you've got a little more of their time. Um, you know, I remember with uh, Dana White, where, where was that? I was, you know, covering UFCs because, you know, through that media experience I was able to cover uh, do work for, for a lot of different entities. I was able mm-hmm. to do work for, I remember my video being used by ESPN Oh wow. Uh, yeah, you know, the night that Floyd Mayweather uh retired against Carlos Baldwin. Now did was they retired. ask your
0: permission to, to use your video?
1: Yeah, yeah, of course. It was okay. like Max Boxing, that was doing work for them and Cool Cool. And, okay, know, so you know. they used your yeah. work. Yeah, they let me know, hey, guess what? HBO wants your video. Perfect. And I was like, wow, all right, you know, and they want to show uh, you know, uh, because you re- remember the fight was uh the fight was shown on, on pay per view and mm-hmm. then a week later they replayed it. So in the replay, they wanted to show that after the fight, Floyd had announced his retirement No right. one expected that. So the HBO cameras weren't there. I was there at the right place at the right time. I caught the video. Mm-hmm. And so just, you know, being able to go ahead and uh, and, and be in a situation like that mm-hmm. w- was cool. But uh, what I was going to say was that, you know, just through my work, I was able to create myself other opportunities, uh, get get published by Fox Sports, become a content provider for them, uh, mm-hmm. you know, get published by, uh, we used to, back in the day, Max Boxing used to be uh, a content source for Mm -hmm. boxing for ESPN because they didn't have a full uh, staff or full-time staff. So, you know, I was just happy that my work was going in and circulating. And I was like, cool, you know? Yeah, of course. I mean, this is going to open up doors for me to cover more events. So in going to the UFC and covering their events also at the time, because I love MMA and the martial arts, um, Tom Gurbasey, which was a max boxing guy and was editor or is still editor for the UFC. Uh, I remember him giving me a call one time at a way in Hey, we're going to go and have lunch with uh, you know, a couple of other guys from the UFC. You want to come? You, come? You're going to want to come. You're going to, you know, he's telling me you're going to want to be here because Dana's going to be here. Lorenzo, right. Uh, Joe Silva. So I'm like, wait a minute, the owner the president the matchmaker. Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> I'm there. Yeah. So,
0: and and that's the best thing, because I've discussed with my guests before. That's not the first time I'm hearing the story when you are out of, out, out of the blue getting invited to a dinner or to a lunch with, with some, some big people right in the industry. And that's just so exciting because all of a sudden you feel included. You feel like oh, you, absolutely. you are in that, you know, club. So it's, it's absolutely
1: pretty cool. The, the moments like that is when I, I, I was telling myself, you know, okay. I, I like, I was validating my work because I was right. like, okay, um, I'm getting somewhere because like, uh, You know, the fans are fans, so you provide them Mm -hmm. content and they're Mm -hmm. happy with getting it. But it was, you know, guys that I grew up reading and being alongside them in press row and then Mm -hmm. being in the media room with them and then uh, gaining their respect, you know, getting their respect. And then, of course, obviously, fast to now, I'm able to call a lot of those guys, you know, uh, people that, you know, I follow them or they follow me and I -hmm. see them in person. I talk to them and and we have a good relationship. And, uh, you know, we've been able to go ahead and establish that over the years from, know my transition from the media to the business side and now to Mm -hmm. management you know Mm -hmm. so yeah it's 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 a series of of circumstances and and, but the whole time i was interested in learning and you know anyone that's trying to break into the business it's important that you take it like an apprentice like you know like an apprentice you need to get in there and you know you can't think about making crazy demands about making money Mm -hmm. you want to learn you want to learn because the information and the knowledge that you're going to pick up is going to be invaluable to you down the line. And that's what's really going to go ahead and, and be able to separate you from anyone else. There's a lot of people with bright ideas that want to attach them to boxing, but they don't know the people that they need to know in boxing, or Mm -hmm. they can't get the people that they want or that they need to listen, to listen to them, those ideas. And that's how you separate yourself because You've got to go ahead and start somewhere and build mm-hmm. relationships and, right. um, and, and and cement those over the years so that when you come to them, uh, you know, and ask them for a fight or you ask them for a spot on their cards or you ask them for an interview mm-hmm. for your fighter or, or, you know, there's there's a rhyme and reason to all that, you know? How important is trust in boxing? I've been in boxing for, you
0: know, sort of on the surface for the last two years, I would say, right. and based on my experience, I'm seeing a lot of very, uh, I wouldn't say like shady or whatever, something like that. But there's a lot of rumors. People like to talk about different things. People like to talk about what's happening behind the scenes and they're sort mm-hmm. of talking about the other people. And, and that's something that I was particularly, I did not expect it because it's, it's, it's a very manly sport like a gentleman kind of sport. But like what I'm noticing, a lot of people don't act like gentlemen in this sport in terms of like gossip. It's a cutthroat business. It's a cutthroat
1: business. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, I mean, you know, um, the, the, to me, um, you know, my word means something. So for Jamel and I, one of the things that, uh, you know, one of the pillars of our company was that we wanted to have trust. And uh, not only with the fighters, but with the people that we work with, because, uh, you know, we want to have a good reputation. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, if, if you do right by a fighter, um, they're going to tell everyone, you know, that'll that that, that that'll listen, how great you are and how good you were to them. Whereas if you do a fighter dirty in this business or uh, you don't deliver on what you should have, mm-hmm. you know, man, you know, they... they, they <laughs> that that's going to follow you around like a Scarlet letter. And there's managers that are, are, have been in the business since I was a kid and you know, I see it, you know, I hear it and I'm like, wow, you know, and uh, you, as a fan, you don't never, you never know it. But then when you step into the business and you hear those things, you're like, man, that's wow. You know, Right. So, one of the things that uh, Jamal and I always said was that, uh, let the fighters, let our fighters, um, let our stable of fighters do the talking for us because Mm -hmm. the proof is in the pudding. If you guide a fighter and you, you do right by them and, uh, they have your trust and you have their trust. Um, that's the best, uh, commercials you know now, what, do you, what do you create.
0: mean by that right so when they let them do the talking are you talking about like let's not be Don King <laughs> the world and like actually you know do the speech or, or Eddie Hearns right now Eddie Hearn is everywhere Eddie Hearn is always talking mm-hmm. and you know he's not afraid to say like he's always running his mouth or whatever like I'm quoting right. him but uh is but he's a promoter and,
1: and you, start, you sort you yeah, sort of so promoters have to you know promoters need to make noise it's it's right a, it's a you know it's part of their storytelling right, and you're a do. manager and so yeah, yeah. There, there's but a difference yeah. But if you're a manager, the, the, the greatest advertising for you, you know, we can run around here and pat ourselves on the back, like, uh, you know, and, and do that. But the, the greatest uh, advertising was going to be your fighters mm-hmm. and their success. You mm-hmm. know, I take a lot of pride in Jamal. I take a lot of pride in Sanisa Estrada, both of them world champions because I was there when they weren't, I was there mm-hmm. when they weren't and I was there during tough times and I know the struggles. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when you get to that the top and you see okay now now we're getting somewhere and now you know not only <clears throat> the fighters going to fight you know but you're you're going along for the ride with them you're helping with uh, the things that you're responsible for mm-hmm. um and I, i'm a part of their success uh,
0: right.
1: and the fighter is always going to go ahead and And reflect that you know inside and outside the ring so Mm -hmm. and so that's
0: that's an interesting sentiment because again there is a difference between a promoter and a manager but also you know on the surface you never see you don't see as much in terms of management you don't see the management people uh, in the boxing industry meaning like on YouTube or whatever they're not like so flashy and all of that but with with your experience uh, you know coming from a marketing side uh, and and you know doing you know working on the videos and the footage were well, you right away thinking to becoming to become a manager rather than a promoter because it would it would be sort of a natural transition from marketing to being a promoter promoter and operate under the promotion?
1: Yeah, well, I, I went to you know, um, I went to school for uh, I have a background in communications and business and marketing. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. what I actually went to school for. I have degrees mm-hmm. in that. <clears throat> I also have a degree in journalism, so I actually went to journalism school. That's why when I read stories, I you know. I'm and I don't mind. to mean, to took my own horn, but I'm a feature writer. I I love writing features. That was my, my 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 favorite part of journalism. You know, I could do investigative. I've actually done serious stories that that have ran in uh, newspapers uh, about different what, things. What uh, would be
0: your favorite story that you ran?
1: <clears throat> I mean, just features. I, I I love. I I see. That's the one thing that interests me. When I was able to go ahead and get uh have access to the fighters and i was working in, in in media i wanted to tell their story because we have all these fighters and all these world champs and to me what was always the most fascinating was where they're from and what their background is and how mm-hmm. they came into boxing because mm-hmm. a lot of them you know look they say boxing was a poor man's sport right mm-hmm. so it, it a fighter that comes from tough circumstances and perseveres and really gets to uh, you know that mountaintop and boxing <clears throat> has an interesting story mm-hmm. and a story that hasn't been told. So that was my thing. I loved uh, going in and writing feature stories. And I and you know I um, I see the good in someone's uh, you know if someone has a rough background or uh, trials and tribulations that they've lived through, you know um, I see the diamond. You know, there instead of just seeing like the 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 coal, you know, or like the the, the, the sad story. I see the, the light at the end of the tunnel, you know, because if they were able to get to where they are now, <clears throat> that's success, you know, that success. Mm-hmm. that's success, uh, that's a, that's a measure of success. So, you know, uh, I wrote a story on Jamal about, you know, he has an amazing story. Mm-hmm. I was able to write a story on Sinisa, you know, and this was before I worked with them in that capacity. Um, I was able to write stories about them and it's, you know it came full circle where now i work with them you know so so
0: jerry since i have you here i I would like to use your professional free advice on uh, how to talk to a boxer i'm about to talk to a boxer in a couple hours okay uh and he's a prospect and he i mean he's pretty much a contender already Uh but he is still relatively not well known and i'd like to talk to him but again i would like to know about their background right i'd like to know how they came like they're they're a foreign boxer you know came to the United States and you know getting to that success level right but I also know based on my experience that a lot of boxers are not privy to responding to, you know, the general questions that journalists are asking them. And a lot of times they're, uh, they're even more frustrated by the questions and, and, and rightfully so, because the questions themselves do not uh, contain a lot of weight behind them, right? right. And, and so like, so I'm gonna talk to this guy and I'm, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I'm a little bit nervous because the reason why I talk to people in the industry, not athletes, like I, I don't have a lot of aspiration to talk to professional athletes, but with this right. one, I'm, I'm, I'm interested because he's a great case study for me. And I talk to industry people because I'm just more comfortable talking about industry rather, rather yes. than the sport itself. So, right. and now I'm, I'm I have this opportunity right now, and I'm trying to prepare and I'm going through everything. But like, what would be your suggestion on how to talk to a boxer who is again not relatively, uh, relatively like he's not well known, right? So okay. there's no that championship talk right now. There's it's but it's it's there. It's close. So how do you open up? But I'd like to open up this boxer, right? I'd like to present him to the world. So so it's interesting. Background.
1: So it's interesting that you ask that, like. You know, one of the things that I used to go ahead and always pay attention to was, we'd be in, let's say, uh, press conference, media scrum, whatever it was. And I already know that everyone's got the prototypical questions, right? You know, like, stereotypical questions that are gonna go ahead and come, and you know they're gonna go ahead and ask of the fighters, and the fighters heard it a million times, right? right. But I liked asking a lot of questions that uh, were kind of, can be answered with a yes or no answer. Uh, mm-hmm. Are open-ended questions, <clears throat> so they you, cause you, the fighter. You said
0: you said cannot cannot be answered. Yeah, cannot be it?
1: answered with a yes or no. Okay. Are open-ended questions, mm-hmm. and uh, where the fighter has to go ahead, or the or the subject has to go ahead and uh, open up and and give us a little more information, and then mm-hmm. as they're giving you the answer, um, you're listening. So mm-hmm. th- in that answer, you'll find your next question mm-hmm. because. It's kinda like uh, it's kinda like pulling on a rope. You're pulling this part of the rope, but as you're pulling the rope with this mm-hmm. hand, you're looking for another spot to reach for it with your with your other hand. So it's it's the same thing when you ask a question, it's an open ended question, and you're hearing their answer, you're hearing it, and you may hear something in the answer that you want to go ahead and dive deeper into, and then that's your next question. And then mm-hmm. that just keeps it going. And that's how the conversation keeps going with the fighter, and before you know it, you'll get the fighter to to open up to you, you know, it's something that I learned in uh, psychology on my psychology classes. I took in college, nice. you know, just about how to, you know, how to get, how to go ahead and get people to go ahead and communicate better with you, right. you know, especially when you're trying to find something, something out about them. And a lot of times with fighters, you know, um, like I said, some fighters, you know, uh, well, most fighters have a very interesting story about where mm-hmm. they're from, how they got into the sport and, 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 and what they experienced, you know? And, uh, just you know being able to get them to to tell you their story in their own words is the best you know because you're not putting answers in their mouth they're telling right right so so that's that's the advice i'd give you
0: that's that's great and um that's something that I will try to aspire to, to actually make sure to ask meaningful questions rather than yes or no, or something like, uh, you know, do, are you, are you ready for your next fight? You know, what are you going to do? Yeah. Change? Look, like, anytime you, start-
1: you can go ahead and get a fighter to think about a memory, whether good or bad, you know, you'll hear them pause, you'll hear them pause and you'll hear them reflect because in their mind, they're thinking about it. And you know, mm-hmm. then you may get an expression out of them and maybe a, 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 wow, you know, like they're thinking about something sad or, or if it's a memorable thing, they might smile a little and you mm-hmm. see it. You see it, and when you see it, that's when you, you okay? Okay, I got something. And then they right. start telling you about it, and then that's when you can keep tugging at it and, and get them to tell you more.
0: Awesome, thanks so much. I I actually yeah. appreciate that response, and I'll I'll definitely think more about it. So let's go back to your life again. Sure. So, uh, at what point did you realize? All right, I want to get into the industry deeper than just being uh, than just telling a story about it. I want to be a participant. I want to be a player in that story, like a hero in that story
1: there was a couple of, few, there was a few times in my life, like, for example, um, you know, I, I boxed growing up. So I love boxing. Mm-hmm. My other love was the martial arts, uh, you know, uh, uh, like I, I, if it's three things I love in the world, it's <laughs> boxing, the martial arts and music. And a lot of my friends were growing up were involved in hip hop and mm-hmm. ended up becoming artists. And I you know, I was, a, you know, I, I grew up in, uh, um you know in a part of LA where i had uh you know a lot of great hip hop people that came up from so which part was that tell tell us i grew up in LA but uh, you know i am not too uh far from like where cypress hill grew up and i saw that whole movement cypress hill uh-huh. uh i know their brother uh of the group which was the founder of Latin hip hop he was the yeah, first yeah. uh latin artist to ever get a major uh record deal with Capitol records uh melon and then uh their house was a target for like people coming through there from other uh parts of hip-hop like nwa and ice cube and so mm-hmm. i was able to go ahead and get exposed to a lot of that uh early and uh you know that was just my life i love boxing i loved music the okay. hip-hop scene and i've noticed and I, you're I,
0: working with uh, with some hip-hop artists as well there there's yeah like a, yeah like, that's
1: I've, yes yeah that's 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 the seed that because it all came full circle like um i always say and i tell some of my fighters this. If I didn't end up working in boxing or in fighting, I would have ended up in in the music business because uh, uh, the passion for my for music is there also. But mm-hmm. I love boxing, you know, I love boxing and I love fighting uh, mm-hmm. MMA. So growing up, I was also a martial artist. I practiced martial arts, and uh, and I wrestled and I did judo. So mm-hmm. like I, I always uh, I remember a friend of mine uh They were all getting. They were training with a guy, and they were all high school wrestlers, right? Right. But they were training with a guy, and uh, and then years later, I ended up finding out that that's it was Hoyce Gracie, you know? Oh, wow! Yeah, and he was getting ready for UFC one. What do you so think then, about? Yeah, so please finish that, and I'll start. And I'll ask my next. Yeah, question. so so like I'm like wow, you know? Uh, and then I got to meet Hoist himself, <laughs> and this is in the '90s, and I'm like, man. I got to meet Hoist Gracie and like, you Uh know, I watched UFC one UFC two. I know who he is. Maybe everybody else doesn't, but I know who he is. And, uh, that blew my mind because I got to meet him and I got to meet his, uh, brothers and, uh, you know, later on his nephews, Mm -hmm. which I got to train with. And, um, you just, it was amazing. It planted seed in me and be like, it's his family. That's running the show. Right. It's his family. that's organizing the UFC and it, Planted something in my mind, like, you know, I'm interested in the business. And I used, just like I have ring magazines, I have black belt magazines and kung fu magazines. Uh So uh, at that point, it kind of sparked the interest. And uh, that's why I said when I used to go to the shows at the forum for forum boxing. Okay, everyone knows that Jerry Buss is the owner of the Lakers. But I saw Jerry Buss in a different light. I saw Jerry Buss as the owner of forum boxing. I saw Uh Jerry Buss as a promoter, Marco Antonio Barrera uh you know uh th- th- this to me was mind blowing because yes this is a guy that owns the the Lakers and has a, you know magic johnson and all these great athletes you know uh, uh, under his uh franchise but he's a big player in boxing that people really uh, with over the years have kind of forgotten about you know and uh, mm-hmm. to me as a kid i was like this is this is awesome because i'm here on a weekday and i'm seeing him ringside and you know He's going ahead and having influence on the careers of Mark, Mark Antonio Barrera, Juan Manuel Marquez. Uh, so many great fighters that came out of foreign boxing, you know? Mm-hmm. So that, that planted the seed. And then later on, I got the chance to work with um, Mighty Mike Chando, which was one of Golden Boy's first okay. world champions. And I got to go so, ahead and work. So work, before,
0: before that, I, I, just, I just wanted to quickly sure. ask you, because I, I'm always curious about that. Do you notice how crazy people are getting about jiu-jitsu? like it's it's becoming yeah.
1: it's becoming. I've seen, the, I've seen it
0: yeah i mean and i'm i'm considering it uh myself you know to start doing jujitsu because everyone's saying that that's the most sort of a, an effective uh sport you know martial art in a street fight right if you want right. jiu-jitsu you're pretty much a killer, a killer. uh but it, it's becoming a sport of because you know there's a Gracie Barra gym uh here in toronto in canada yes. and i'm considering getting a membership it's, it's a little bit pricey right and and uh but it's, it's becoming a sport of elite. Like you, you're seeing business people, Hollywood people, the the notorious scientists from MIT, they all go to, uh, to the uh, jujitsu, like to, right. like to, they study jujitsu and, and there's something about it. And if, of course, Joe Rogan is a huge proponent of that. And, and he's always kind of pushing jujitsu. jitsu like, right. what's, I mean, isn't that crazy? Because uh, I mean, I get it. It's a martial art and it's, it's a self-defense and all of that, but I think there's something more to it. What do you think?
1: Yeah, it's, you know, for me, you know, the, the, it's funny you say that because I, I have a lot of friends in hip hop that have also gotten into jiu jitsu over the years, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, when they got attracted to jiu jitsu and they really dove deeper into it, it was because maybe that was a stress aggregator for them or, you know, an outlet for them to, you know, mm-hmm. online and, and just, it's a lot of, uh, yeah, you're competing with someone else or you're learning from someone else, but a lot of it is, uh, internal you're you know you're figuring things out on your own mm-hmm. it's uh it's not just you can't get away with just being a brute you know you right. can't just be strong and that's what i learned because when i first jumped into jiu-jitsu you know having a, a wrestling in my background i wanted to go ahead and grab everyone and take them down to just style and then i realized that they want to be there <laughs> they right. want to be on their back and uh and they're <laughs> taking my arm and i was getting uh, tapped out a lot early and it's just like okay or i was getting choked but i started learning okay it's the jiu-jitsu is a general art you know it, right. it's you know it's an ebb and flow so it, it, it's it, it's really good it's a, I love it out of all the martial arts that I've, I've been able to study over the years it's by far my favorite and uh you know it's uh it's very addicting <laughs> once you start doing it you know you want to go ahead and okay I'm training a couple times a week okay I'm gonna try to get in the third day all oh, Saturdays open mat let me try to get in there and get some mat time you know so yeah it's a uh, a lot of people are taking to it, and you're right. Celebrities and a lot of people in pop culture are are starting to study, and it's great. You know, I saw I saw Jonah Hill took it up when no he was way. losing weight. Yeah, and he's a <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, and he trains at a at, at, at a gym out here in Southern California, so uh-huh. it's cool to see. You know, it's cool to see right. when it <clears throat> when it can help people. But yeah, it's jujitsu's had a big explosion. It's probably been uh, uh, it's probably the last two three decades. Mm-hmm. Done what uh kung fu did in the 70s and 80s, mm-hmm. you know, as far as exploding, <laughs> that's so, so
0: funny. So, let's okay, so let's go back to your to the first fight that you were involved with with the golden
1: boy, yeah, yeah. Like, so for example, um, uh, I was able to go ahead and uh, you know, everything leads to something because just going back to Marco Antonio Barrera, well, Marco Antonio Barrera was, uh, was a fighter that was with foreign boxing, and I saw his rise from uh, cards on KCal 9 um on saturdays and you know uh, that's how i met rich morata rich, rich Murata calling the fights uh local cards and were taking place in uh reno or in uh uh you know uh nevada and then or in la and then he finally made it to hbo and then along the period of his career you know uh, most people know that robert roberto diaz from golden boy the matchmaker mm-hmm. used to work with barrera's team Used to be a part of that team, and this was before he was a matchmaker, and uh, that's how I first met him. You know, because I, I was again paying attention to who are the people, and you know who are the people around the fighter, and he was one of the people that you know was always a gentleman and a, and a great guy, and uh, and I met him, and then I saw his rise at Golden Boy, and you know he's a friend, and and it was important to go ahead and just you know have friends like that or relationships like that because you know. Um, Years went by before I ever even asked Robert for something, Robert Diaz, you know? Mm-hmm. But I do remember the first time that I asked him for a spot on one of his cards, you know? Mm-hmm. Hey, Robert, this is, you know. And I didn't only go ahead and, and tell him, hey, I want a spot on your card. I had an idea behind it. I want, can we sit down? Can we talk about this? You had and a then,
0: value proposition.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I wanted to, I had numbers. I wanted to show him uh, what, you know, what budget I needed because, listen, man, I was doing everything. I, I matched me. You know, too. Right. When we would get fighters to fight locally, I, okay, we need this much money. I already negotiated with the opponent. I talked to the opponent's management. So I was coming to the promoter and telling them, I already have a fight. I need this much money. So if we need to sell this much uh, amount of tickets, we'll sell it, and uh, you know, we'll take them on consignment. And then uh, if we don't sell the tickets, I have money to back it. So we'll, we'll you mm-hmm. know we'll we'll go ahead and pay for whatever we don't sell. And obviously, we, you know, we were able to always sell the tickets, so right? So that's that's
0: a fight. you came in, you came in there for that deal with a huge
1: confidence. Yeah, because like I, I knew that, like, look, we have a fighter, uh, she's popular. She's been able to go ahead and fight on a lot of Southern California cards. Mm-hmm. We we want a chance to fight on a Golden Boy card. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's different. It's female. Um, it's never been done on the televised part mm-hmm. for Golden Boy. Mm-hmm and and he he liked the idea you know and i i give a lot of credit to robert deals because robert went ahead and, uh, and and you know he could have said no he could have said no and that would have been the end of that right but robert was open to the idea and and um you know we we gave a good show shoots and he's put on a great show and uh and you know that that planted the seed to her ended up you know and mm-hmm. ended, ended up signing with column Boy. so that was so w- that was great
0: would you say that was your first official deal in in mainstream boxing?
1: With, with, uh, with the for Boy? for the uh, boxing part on a on a larger scale, yeah. Because you know I had put on fighters on local cards. Right. To me, it was like uh, I put put fighters on like uh, her. We were able to get her on Triple G undercards, mm-hmm. and to me that was a big deal because Tom Offer is a is a big promoter. Also, you know he has Gennady Golovkin. He was doing the Superfly cards. We were able to get her on the Superfly card. And believe it or not, you know, like I know that the in the final years of HBO, uh, there was other women that got on uh, on on television, you know, got televised before uh, HBO boxing came to a halt. Uh, like you know, Clarissa Shields and Cecilia Bracus. But I really wanted to push hard because I wanted. I saw people, Roy Jones, Max Kellerman. I saw uh, these people uh, get excited when they watched Anissa fight. They were like, Roy Jones is a big fan of hers. And he was like, whoa, she fights mm-hmm. like me, you know, because she she to- throws double, triple hooks. She moves mm-hmm. around, you know, and she's an intelligent fighter and she scored knockouts. And and she really, you know, for a small girl, she was really putting on a show and um, and, and they noticed that. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're getting close. I, you know, I'm going to keep on lobbying, lobbying. We're going to get her on TV, you know? And then the, the blessing came from, people like Golden Boy and Robert Diaz and you know we were able to make it happen so more people would see her you know
0: so well, since we're talking about the deal I feel like it's important and to the extent that you can talk about it sure. uh, to, to talk about the priorities of the deal so when you are representing a boxer that you're trying to make sure that the boxer have a spot uh, on, on the undercard or or any other sort of a, you know model what do you what are your priorities? What are you trying to make sure that it's there? And maybe you can give like us, uh, like even more examples of like your deals that you've, you've conducted afterwards, because you did mention, you know, some of the things that you've done and I just want you to elaborate on that. And, but I'm yeah. also, I'm, I'm also very interested in the details. Like I want to know what's in your mind when you're creating a deal. What are your priorities?
1: Right. So see me having a business and marketing background, uh, um, I can go and get the deal. I can go and get the deal because, uh, if I can go and secure the money and the, the opportunity to go ahead and, and, and represent, you know, for a brand, now I have to come to the, get the platform because if I secure the platform, okay, now I have, I know the, the outlet that I have and I can go ahead and uh, demand or ask for a certain amount of money based on that platform, you know? <laughs> so it's been no different for, for, for Sinisa's fights because, you know, we, we have, with her, you know, we've had some great sponsors. I mean, we have, uh, you know, uh, Ruka. Ruka is, uh, for a lot of people that don't know, RBCA. Um, you know, RBCA is a company that uh, was founded uh, by a friend of mine, Pat Story. Um And I met Pat through the world of MMA. And, uh, and, and it's a, you know, it's a lifestyle brand. Uh, you know, they had done uh, business with a lot of MMA fighters, but primarily surfers, you know, Ruka sponsors a lot of, uh, international surf tournaments or volleyball tournaments and things like that,
0: which is also a huge industry for those who don't Absolutely. know, the surfing and is, for, there's and so much for people
1: that don't know Ruka has, uh, uh, since it's, uh, uh, you know, uh, coming out, uh, you know, since it's inception, like it's went ahead and actually become a part of the billabong family. Mm-hmm. It's a huge uh, brand. One of yeah. the biggest At brand Maryland. in the world, you know, like. In terms of like just their their size and and just their popularity, but
0: even I had a lot of clothing from them, and I did, I'm not, I didn't. I not <laughs> yeah, i do not even surf or whatever. Yeah, So
1: it shows you the impact it's made. Like people like the clothing, you no? Know? So you know, I, I was able to go ahead and uh, I was lucky enough to have met uh, Pat through uh, a friend of mine, Jason Perillo, the trainer of uh, a lot of MMA fighters. Jason was a boxing guy himself, um, and then I was able to introduce Senisa to them. I took Sanisa to uh, their private gym. And it's funny because she used to go ahead and ask me, we laugh about it now, but she's to go, what are we doing here? This and that. And I'd be like, <laughs> I need you to meet some people. So uh-huh. it was so great that's interesting.
0: Be- so when you introduce uh your fighter, your client, right, to, yeah. to sponsors sponsors and all of that, how does this go? And do you usually instruct your fighters or you just want you kind of trusting them that they will conduct themselves in the, in the manner where sponsors would be interested in, in sponsoring them?
1: Well, to told in her case, like I told her, Hey, you know, like I, I I let her know um, what my plan was, but uh, you know, she was young at the time, you know, she was younger at the time. And so I think she was like a bit of like, you know, uh, what are we doing here? You know, she didn't see the big plan, but she laughs about it now because she understands now, now -hmm. it's totally different. Now I just call her up or text her, Hey, I got this. I'm working on this, you know? Mm -hmm. And then she was like, and then we just have like quick conversations. Like, this amount of money. This is what I need you to do. That da, da da da. And she's like, okay, good. Work it out mm-hmm. and and work it out and tell me where I have to sign. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. And then we we get it done. But and the same thing with Jamel. Jamel's super easy to work with because I go ahead and tell Jamel, hey, mm-hmm. you know, we we got this sponsor and this is what what the opportunity is and this is the length of the deal and this is what we need to do. Jamel says, cool. Work it out and uh, let, let me know where to sign mm-hmm. and, and let's. Mm-hmm go forward with it you know and uh and then he comes up with ideas sometimes himself too because he'll say hey well what about if we do this and jamel's so good at social media in terms of like interacting with people mm-hmm. that um he really makes every f- follower count because you know I- i'm i don't know if you've seen him online before but like he interacts with the fans he, like, responds. he talks, yeah he talks to them like like uh, you know he's talking to everyone about boxing every day whether it's his fights or not yeah he's and he an has
0: activity. a he has a great reputation too i just spoke with uh, with my previous guest who had an opportunity to interview him and they said like he's just a, such a great guy and you can he can become your become your friend automatically like right away oh if, yeah absolutely. if you guys click right he he totally open to you and to have that relationship
1: absolutely absolutely he's one of my, one of my favorite people that i've met not only in boxing but in life because you know jamal's a, a a great guy and uh you know he's he, he really goes ahead and sees things. And he has a, you know, it's funny because he wears a, different hats now. You know, he mm-hmm. wears a manager's hat. And uh, he also has a, uh, we joke with him about it, but he, he has a promoter's eye because uh, when I, you know, like even his current fight that we're talking about, the Carl Frampton fight, mm-hmm. when I first presented that idea to him last year, he had just become world champion. And I was like, hey, you know, we have a voluntary defense after a mandatory. What do we take on? Where's our big fight? What do we do? Right and so you know we knew that some of the other champions of the division weren't so anxious to fight Jamel because he's a slick softball that's tall. So then I started looking around and when I talked to him about Carl front and then I said we could go to Ireland and look listen to me for a second. <laughs> Jamel understood it right away, Jamel understood it, he picked up on it and he said, oh, okay, you know uh, uh, a little known uh fact that people don't know about is that uh both Jamel and I are are, are big wrestling fans pro wrestling fans, right? Oh, cool. Okay. Right. So, yeah. So, you know, from like the old school days till now. Uh-huh. And people could learn a lot about promoting from and marketing from professional wrestling. So give because, me a couple examples. Yeah. Well, so for example, like, you know, um, when you go in and see uh, like Jamel going over there to Ireland, like, uh, you know, here in the United States, uh, Jamel is... Uh, an American hero. He's a great guy. He has a story where, you know, the, um, uh, a veteran of uh, uh, of uh, two tours in Iraq, and he has this great, unbelievable story. Olympian, a champion. But over there, it's Carl Frampton that's the beloved fighter, you know, right. because he's the home fighter. So you have to kind of reinvent the the wheel to say, well, how do we go there? And we, you know, how can we make this fight bigger? You know, mm-hmm. and uh, Jamal understood that. Hey. I go there. I'm the heel. <laughs> I'm the heel, you know, because – He's the bad guy. Yeah, yeah, of course. And, of course, let's look. I believe in my abilities. I believe in myself. Uh, we're going to go there. We're confident. And we'll go there and we'll make it a bigger fight. Here it's a big fight, but over there it's even bigger. Right. So Jamil understood that, and that's what made it easy for us to go ahead and and, and tell Top Brand K, hey, you know, look, look – this. And I remember we, we told Carl already, but he's like, you guys are crazy. What are you guys talking about? Like, he's not going to want to fight you guys a year later. Here we are. <laughs> That's so, great. That's so yes, cool. But, it, you know, marketing of it, you know, you got to go ahead and understand the angle. How do we sell this fight? You know, mm-hmm. same thing with like, uh, um, I, I love Tenisa because she, she understood when she was fighting Marlon Esparza that, okay, they have a beef and, you know, it's a, been going on for a long time. But fight week, uh, I couldn't be any more happy because she really, really surprised a lot of people because she played it up and uh, she knew how to push buttons and uh, get the reaction. And then, you know, just even at the, what was it, the press conference where she pushed her, that uh-huh. was great. That's a pro-wrestling angle. Fight I like with that. Team, You know, I like that. Yeah, they, they got a lot of people's attention. then all of a sudden that became the fight. One, in my opinion, I thought that was the best fight of the night. That was the best fight of the night, you know, Kovalev Canelo was kind of like, uh, you know, it, it, it played <laughs> out hard. It, it was kind of slow for a long time. And then we got a conclusive res, uh, uh, result, course. but you know, but the, the fight overall was kind of like a bit of a snoozer. Maybe they were still asleep because they were in the locker room sleeping <laughs> for a while. But wasn't know, that crazy,
0: that, by the way, how crazy was that? The whole oh, it, waiting until the UFC is done. <laughs>
1: yeah. Look, I, I understand it's competing businesses and, and you're going at the same time across overlapping. Right. But listen, um, like I mentioned before, I have friends that are in the in, in the music industry, and if two concerts are going down at the, at the same time down the street from each other, one doesn't stop for the other because, oh, those people are going on to the show goes on, you know right the show goes on, and uh you know um you just have to do that. you can't go ahead and, and wait uh, you're, you have to believe in your fan base and, and just say, "Hey, you know exactly." We'll so, we'll move and, on.
0: And, and I agree with you as well, but like, ultimately, do you think it helped them? Do you think the fact that they sort of stopped that fight? And I'm sorry for like kind of digressing into that. No, 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 theory, no it's fine, yeah. The fact that they st- stopped and waited until UFC is over. Did that actually help them? Do you think it brought more subscribe subscribers to the zone or, or was it just like a fluke that shouldn't, should have been happening at all?
1: I don't know. I mean, for me I, I I was happy because I got to watch the other fight too. <laughs> was, okay, so there maybe there sponsor. is some
0: value in that. Yeah, that I I was you sitting happy.
1: there with we look, we had one of our sponsors uh my buddy Ramses from uh uh King Shocks, you know, he went ahead and uh sponsored Sinisa, so you know, he, he's a big MMA fan uh since his days at Toyo Tires and before that. Right, so right. we're sitting there he's, he wants to watch the main event, but at the same time, hey, we get to watch Nate Diaz fight exactly you know, let's watch yeah. it you know yeah so for 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 people that were a fan of both I'm sure they were happy but you know I don't know if how much of a impact maybe it did maybe people went ahead and that were at home said okay the 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 fight's over oh let's put it on the zone the Canelo's about to fight and maybe they did get people in you know so you that was buzzing it's- on online it's trending
0: right Right, but do you think there's a huge crossover between the MMA fi- fans and, and boxing fans who, like, actually, like, you were happy to that they got to see both?
1: I think there is a lot of... I think there's, there's a... Uh, if if I had to do a, a, a graph, I, there were, you know, there's a... At the pit of it, there's a lot of fans that are crossover, that, okay. that l- love both sports. But then, you know, MMA has a lot of fans uh, that are newer to the sport, and mm-hmm. uh, they might know a, a handful of the current fighters, or they might follow the sport because they're a big fan of uh, uh, of uh, conor mcgregor and, and then that leads them to exposure of more fans whereas in boxing i think if you're a boxing fan you're uh you're a fan of predominantly most of the sport you know and mm-hmm. you're learning or you at least know uh you know most of the things in boxing but then you're learning about the smaller fighters or the more uh the 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 Uh, European fighters or the international Mm -hmm. fighters, and -hmm. your you know your knowledge is growing. So yeah, yeah, it's kind you know I think it's a it's a good percentage that's crossover fans, but I don't know if you uh you know uh if if you can always go ahead and depend on winning over that crowd, you know, because Mm -hmm. it's a hit or miss. I think on the big fights you can you can go after them because I I think when the Canelo Alvarez fights or uh, Anthony Joshua fights or now Tyson Fury fights the whole world pays attention, you know, Mm -hmm. The, the whole world pays attention. So you get the interest from all those casuals. Going back to endorsement deals
0: sure. do you do you feel like boxers nowadays understanding the to what extent do they understand the, the, the importance of not just you know the huge endorsements from you know Adidas or a huge endorsements from you know the the Dicates and coronas of the world right. but also the smaller like local scale endorsements do they do they realize that it's equally important that for their brand to make sure that they have that portfolio of brands that tr- that trust in them uh, and who explains that to them, and how do they right, explain so, that to them?
1: So I'm glad you asked that because nothing breaks my heart more than at any level of boxing when I see a fighter come out and their trunks are empty,
0: mm-hmm.
1: because I'm like thinking, wait, wait a minute, all these people around you, and you know they come out with a big honor I'm thinking, wait a minute, all these people around you, and you can't right. get one sponsor. I watched last night, uh, Tapia versus Ayala. Right, they were showing them on Showtime. They showed part one, part two of it. And I couldn't help but notice that even in the rematch, Polly Ayala had no sponsors on his trunks. And I'm like, "Look, I get it. This was late '90s, early '2000s. Mm-hmm. But you got to be kidding me! No one around him could get him a sponsor. Not one sponsor. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> this is crazy. This is crazy to me. And uh, I, I like I when I noticed that. So it, it starts at the local, on the local scene, because you know, um, even when Zanisa was starting off we were able to go ahead and get her uh, local sponsors. And -hmm. that was important because, hey, look, if if you're a fighter that's fighting a four-rounder and you can double your purse (laughs) with local sponsors, um, why wouldn't you want to do it? Exactly. And and it's not something you have to go ahead and do on your own. You just have to go ahead and empower someone around you to do it. And Mm -hmm. they can go ahead and, you know, uh, look, you know, you, you have to put together your media kits. You have to go out there and, And and you have to uh, knock on doors and, and, Mm -hmm. and, and and present yourself and say, Hey, look, hi, you know, I'm such and such. And then we have social media. So the, Mm -hmm. the connection, the ability to go ahead and connect to more people is, is, is even greater, you know, now. So I don't understand why you wouldn't want to do it, you know?
0: which again it, it's 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 not per se a responsibility of a boxer which it would be great if a boxer also kind of pays attention to that but that's right. exactly why boxers have managers right. so exactly so does that mean that just managers don't do their job right when when you see the trunk it's kind of, by the way it's so funny that like when you see <coughs> bite like right away you look at their trunks and you see whether they're empty or not like that's such a mm-hmm. cool professional detail about you. yeah
1: absolutely look it's it's the management managers have to wear a lot of hats and uh, you know we have uh, you know uh, before the night that the NBA shut down, right? Uh, we had a dinner with uh, uh, one of the fighters we're going to work with, right? And uh, so we sit down, and uh, Jamel and I uh, also have our partnership with, uh, with Shear Sports, where we co manage fighters together. So, you know, depending on the, the fighter, you know, uh, we call our buddy Lyle over there and we talk to him and, him and Ken Shear. We'll say, hey, you know, look, we want to uh, work with this fighter, we want to do this, and we have a partnership. And, so it's a, it's a beautiful thing because when we sit down with a fighter, we explain to them what each and every one of us brings to the table and how your their strength and numbers mm-hmm. and we're gonna get things done and so that's a great thing that we have over any other management group because look I have a marketing background I can also write a press release. I can go ahead and come up with interviews for you in the media because I have those relationships um you know. Uh, we have relationships with the different promoters. Jamel has a great relationship with a lot of different promoters also. Uh, the matchmakers, you know, we can talk to them also. So these are things that uh, we're able to do. And then also Jamel leverages his position in the boxing world as a world champion with his sponsors and says, hey, I want who's, you to... Who's
0: still it. active, by the way, so...
1: Absolutely. And says, hey, I want you to go ahead and also, uh, you know, endorse my fighter. You know, I have a fighter that I signed and I want right. you to endorse them. So.
0: And, and I would assume there also like an undercard opportunities for the championship fights, you know, to be on the <laughs> Absolutely. Undercard
1: yeah. As well. Yeah, yeah. We we can use that situation where, hey, I'm gonna fight. I'm gonna go ahead and put you on my undercard and then uh Jamel and I'll have a conversation about we're gonna bring on this sponsor, maybe a a betting website, and we're gonna go ahead and take care of we did a package deal, we're gonna take care of you and we're gonna take care of them. You know, I do that all the time for like let's say for example, Sanisa and Jamel fought both in November, right? So they fought a week apart, right. which is crazy because, then there was a hectic couple of, of weeks. Of course. There, I mean,
0: you're managing two projects at the same time pretty much.
1: Yeah, so like she fought on the second and he fought on the ninth. And we're able to get them sponsorship deals Um where a sponsor packs deal took care of both of them. Okay. You know, and that was me doing my job because mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I was able to go ahead and say, I'm going to get you... Uh, this, uh, uh, I'm going to go after this sponsor. and Okay. I come back and I say, hey, they're going to take care of you and they're going to take, take care of Jamel and they're going to take care of Jamel and they're going to take care of Sunisa. Mm-hmm. And here's how much you guys are each going to get. We need to do this. This is the terms of it. Sign your deal. Let's send it back. Da-da-da-da. And then they fight. And then I have to go ahead and get into uh, town and make sure that their trunks are have the logos on it and have everything mm-hmm. that they need and that they're – even on fight week, even the day of the weigh-ins, whatever that we're pumping out the content that we need, you mm-hmm. know, and, and the hashtags and the tags in it. Um, and, and it goes a long way, you know, uh, because you have to go ahead and make sure that you take care of your sponsor and you're taking care of business. You of know, course. same thing yeah. with uh, same thing, a uh, little known fact, like um, <clears throat> on the fury, uh, fury Wilder uh, rematch undercard, um, you know, buddy of mine, uh, Peter Kahn, has uh, uh, he, uh, Amir Iman, and he fought mm-hmm. on the card. <clears throat> I was able to help them out with the sponsorship. And uh, I said, yeah, no problem. So went ahead and got a deal, worked out. And it's a sponsor I had worked with before for Senisa, So we had built the relationship, and uh, we got the deal done. And, and you know, I got into town. I grabbed the trunks. I put the logos on there. I got the patches made. And that's stuff that gets done, you, the, the, you know, and then – Got the trunks over to Peter and and, and you know uh, got them the exposure that they they paid for and and he delivered he you know we got the pictures up tagged them and did all the social media that we had to do you know you, you got to go exactly.
0: Ahead and- and 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 I know uh, personally that it's so those are small details you know getting the trunks making sure that the patches are there but someone has to do this job and absolutely if someone messes up the boxer will lose uh, their endorsement if the patch is not there so I mean there was no deal if, if that's not there so and a lot right, of things, the logos
1: not right you know the exactly artwork, even the artwork look I got to go back with art departments or or the marketing directors of these companies and I have to ask them hey please send over the file oh you didn't mm-hmm. send over the correct kind of file see Um, You know, my background, having gone through college, uh, you know, I took photography classes. I took uh, photo editing classes. I'm familiar with Photoshop, uh, you know, um, Adobe Premiere, um, you know, Mm -hmm. Final Cut. So there's content you have to create. Like, you know, I do a lot of uh, highlights and I I used to do a ton of them for Sanisa because when she was first going in and I was just trying to get her name out there. Mm-hmm. It's a funny story because, and on Facebook, I remember when I approached her about, "Hey, make a make a nice an Instagram account," you know, because I knew I said, right. "Make an Instagram account." She's like, "I don't like Instagram. I don't want to go on there. I don't get it." And I was like, "Make an Instagram account." <laughs> and you know, when we first started getting her first followers, and then actually, I has like, so many followers, you know, and, right. and she, 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 you know, she really gets it now. But it's funny because, you know. Uh, it, that was a conversation that ha- that we had. And then now where she is now, uh, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, it's content. You know, you have to create content. And Jamel's really good at it because he's playful with his content. Some of it has to do with boxing. Some of it doesn't. Mm-hmm. But it's entertaining. And it's uh, it's your own TV channel. You got to go ahead and, and, and look at yourself as like, I'm a brand. Uh, uh, you know, I'm a brand. I, I need to go ahead and make this entertaining for the fans. And I need to make this rewarding for my sponsorships and uh, all their sponsor companies that we deal with, uh, they all laugh because they go, man, he's, he's a fun follower. You know, he's, <laughs> he's entertaining.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah, so yes, what? please go ahead.
1: No, I was going to say, I mean like, and a lot of that I learned because uh, just the, the mindset behind getting a sponsorship because I've done it for, for promotions also. So mm-hmm. for example, a lot of people don't know this, but you know, uh, I've gotten sponsorships for promoters. Uh, the UFC, we went ahead and, um, Uh, I believe it was an ultimate uh, fighter finale the first time that we went ahead and announced, uh, you know, I have a a background in uh, technology, right? So I was able to work in the technology field for, for years. Right. And um, one of the companies that we work with is uh, the car alarms, Viper alarms, right? But DEI directed electronics, they go ahead and manufacture all kinds of different things. They have, a ton of different product lines under them. So there was a car audio line that they had and they were trying to really get exposure. And uh, we talked and we had the conversation and, you know, the opportunity presented itself for them to go ahead and sponsor the UFC. Mm -hmm. And they understood what I was telling them about this being a big marketing thing and how it could work for them. And they said, okay, great. And, you know, it was just being a part of that and and seeing that grow into it and seeing their logo on the the canvas of the UFC was like surreal, you know, like right. Because uh, that cool. was because of you, because you made it happen. These are two worlds you're crossing in. Like, you know, there was other brands that got involved. MTX at one point, uh, which was a speedicker manufacturer, they built a fight team and and seeing them at these trade shows with uh, the fighters there signing t- at the booth. It was it was you know mm-hmm. it started showing that an automotive industry could get behind fighting. Right. Uh, Toyo Tires dove in with uh, the UFC, and I have. Tons of friends at Toyo Tires, my friend Ramses that's now at King Shocks, used to go ahead and be a marketing director over at Toyo. And, uh, you know, I used to see him sponsor and put together the deals for the UFC. So you you learn from all these experiences and seeing the business happen and understanding what it takes to be, uh, uh, you know, a good sponsor and and to be involved in a good sponsorship because it's a two-way role. A good sponsor takes care of the athlete and the team that's involved in the deal, but also the athlete or or the platform has to go ahead and reward the sponsor so that they want to come back and they want to do deals again.
0: So Jay, what's the hardest part about securing a sponsorship?
1: Just, um, I mean, you have to go ahead and and have conversations with the fighter Mm -hmm. or the athlete where they understand that uh, they need to go ahead and create a platform. And, you know, they could say, Oh, uh, you know, I'm a local fighter. Well, that's fine. You, 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 you have to go ahead and state um, where you're from and and start a local campaign. You know, um, if you're a fighter from Los Angeles, great. Represent. You know, the fans take pride in what's uh, like them. You know, uh, if you're a Dodger fan, you may be a Dodger fan because uh, you're from LA and that's your team, and 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 mm-hmm. you you identify with them. It's no different in this uh, sport. You identify with things, you know. Mm-hmm. Jamel, um, we were able to take the things that he is and be able to market them, you know. Um, he is a Marine. He takes pride in that. Right. And that's, you know, uh, that's something that we always go ahead and, and and talk about because he's so proud of it. So why not, you know, why not show it, you know. And his, I mean, his nickname is Semper Fi. And, uh, you know, we, we play it up. Sanisa, super bad. And she, she's, you know, she understands things because, she started saying, I want to, you know, I want to do a cape. I want to do a cape. And that sets her apart from everyone else, you know. And then, like, uh-huh. um, at her fight, she comes out to uh, James Brown, super bad, you know. And, like, uh, <laughs> and yeah, it's, so, like, these are parts of her personality that come out, you know. Like, and, uh, you know, whether a fighter is an introvert or an extrovert, you have to go ahead and, and really have uh, communication with the fighter and understand, okay, this is who the fighter is as a person. Uh, I need to share that, you know, because you – You know, with anyone, you could sit down and you could say, Oh man, my friend's really funny, but nobody knows it because you're the only one that experiences it because they, they trust you enough to, to be funny around you. So you need to go ahead and find those little uh, facets and, and and apply them. And then the other part is us using relationships that you have and uh, uh, that you've built to go ahead and get your fighter greater exposure so that you can leverage those into sponsorships. Like, you know, musicians, we have, we have uh, relationships with different promoters. Um, like, so we were able to go ahead and take uh Sinisa and Jamal to different concerts and, and, and different events. And uh, before this whole thing happened, get them, you know, put them out there where they are able to meet the artists and this and that, and that builds a relationship between them. And, uh, or, you know, one of our sponsors is part of the legendary uh, Dilated people, you know, the hip hop group, the and, uh, raka uh, was one of our uh marketing directors for one of our sponsors so that's cool he's able to use his platform that he's built through music huh to post about sinisa to post about jamel and it's great because now i have my friends uh you know representing uh our fighters and, and our brands and it, it it's it all helps you know it's all it, it, it's all uh part of the same effort you know absolutely okay. so, so that's how, that's how you got to go ahead and connect the dots here, you know, like, uh, between the two different things, you get sponsorships, but it's also the relationships and the platforms you're able to develop and how to connect them together and then let the sponsors know, Hey, we have these relationships. With, you. Know, so it's not your, your sponsorship is then just going to live and die on, right. uh, on Instagram. It's going to go beyond that.
0: Yes. And, and I feel like that goes for every manager or aspiring manager in the fight industry, that it's not only being a, Gatekeeper for different people like reporters or journalists or whatever. It's also doing all the footwork as you said You're not just trying to secure sponsorship But just like a lot of work as I see like a lot of work goes into a lot of schmoozing a lot of chatting a lot of calculation But you're also right. doing the little things. Yes, you said you're wearing, you know uh, uh, a lot of hats and and doing the design and, and, and all of right. that, you know if needed right with your right. tech background so that just goes to to show that being a manager of a boxer is not just being, you know, a guy who will, you know, just give you like a quick advice or be be like a gatekeeper.
1: And yeah, or that's out. gonna, or that's gonna come and tell you, hey, you have a fight, you have a yeah. fight, it, yeah. and uh, well, okay, anybody can get you a fight, but the the other question is, where does that fight take you? What does this fight mean? Okay, right. uh, what's the rhyme and reason behind this fight?
0: What's the cost-benefit analysis basically? What's what's the pros and cons and how much uh, monetary value that will add to your? Brand? Yeah,
1: you know, because like, look, uh, um, during this. There was a period where activity was uh invaluable to us right I wanted to keep city set because she was a she was like kind of like in the music industry we use the thing an independent artist right so right. She, she she didn't have a major she didn't have a promoter behind her, but she was an independent fighter you know so here we are and uh there was a point where she fought three times and i mm-hmm. think the span of fifty days mm-hmm that's that's a lot that's crazy three fights in 50 days you know 45 that's 50 days ridiculous and yeah we fought on tom's card <laughs> we turned around and fought two three weeks later on uh golden boy card televised and then oh, uh yeah. two three weeks later we fought on uh bash boxing card in downtown l.a. right and uh look not only her fighting you know the toll it takes on a fighter because exactly you no know, look you got to get up and down that's a lot of emotions a lot of Physical okay. I got a uh, cool. I could uh, relax. I, I, yeah. I won and then oh, I wait I got to get back in the gym because I got another fight coming it's a up.
0: different type of mentality if you have three fights within 50
1: days You know, yeah, yeah. It, it was it was crazy, you know, and then uh, Me having a conversation with the sponsors. Hey, look, we're gonna go on for three fights I need you to ride with us for the three fights because if we're doing a fight by fight basis mm-hmm. and they think okay cool She's gonna fight once every couple of months or whatever, but then all of a sudden, hey, man, she's fighting three times in the span. I need mm-hmm. you guys to get on board. Okay, we're going to do it. We'll give you X amount of dollars. Cool. Mm-hmm. You, these are all the things you got to go ahead and take on. And and then uh, we had a responsibility for selling tickets. So for each one of those fights, you had to go ahead and sell a number of tickets. Man, you know, you got to go ahead and have a loyal fan base and you got to uh, lean on them to to back you. So you guys want to see me more often? Great, you know, this and that. And then uh, you have to grow your fan base because... Now, new people saw her. Wow, I saw her fight, man. And then the other part is this when a fighter fights, uh, one thing she's always great at, even now, she makes the rounds. She makes the rounds after a fight. She won't even, she'll like put on her uh, a sweatshirt or coat and she'll still have her fight trunks on, just mm-hmm. walk around with her belt and she's <laughs> in the stands taking pictures with everyone. That's She's great. in the stands taking pictures with everyone. There were fights at the Superfly cards where. She would literally be, you know, Chocolatito or, uh, and always fighting. And she's mm-hmm. walking around doing her victory lap, taking pictures of everybody that wants to take pictures. And that's great, you know. And Jamel does the same thing, you know, whether it's his fight card or someone else's. He shows up, people want pictures. You got to do that, you know. You got to do important. this. It's
0: important to pay attention to your fans.
1: Absolutely. And, and you look, you know, a uh, 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 fan post that picture and uh, they're going to tag you in it. And they're going to go to all their friends are going to see it. And they're going to be like, wow, you know, because I remember, listen, I, I've met a lot of pro athletes over uh, over my life, and, uh, and and I remember who was nice to me and who wasn't. And people that are perceived to be nice, I, I have a different story on certain people. I go, man, yeah. you know what? That guy's a jerk, you know? That guy's a jerk because, <laughs> you know, man, I remember specifically what they told me and, you know, their interaction with me, mm-hmm. whereas there's been other people that I've met and they've been, uh, like, you know, uh, great, you know, like I was a big fan of uh, – Hammed versus Kevin Kelly. Kevin Kelly was a great. Oh, what a what a fight! Fun, fun to fight, fun fun to watch. And I remember running into Kevin Kelly the night of uh, of uh, uh, Triple G against uh, uh, Rubio, Marco Antonio Rubio. Actually, gave Kevin Kelly a ride back to his hotel. No so, way! Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> That's awesome. we're talking, and we you know, me and Kevin, we're we're, we're shooting the shit and talking, and, and then all of a sudden he goes in and tells me, uh, he, I go, hey Kevin, where are you going? And he was like, oh, you know, we're underneath the, the uh, StubHub, right? Uh, or the uh, Dignity Health, whatever they call it. Now. Right, right. So we're there. And then he goes, hey, you know, uh, going back to my hotel. I said, hey, come on, I'll give you a ride. He said, sure, uh-huh. all right. So, you know, just, it, it, you know, being able to go ahead. And it's surreal because I met him and he was a gentleman. He's a fun guy. And, and
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, it was a great experience versus you meet somebody and you think, oh, man, I thought highly of them forever. Right. and then they're, Right, right. A jerk, you know? And it's
0: important to understand that uh, if you're a professional athlete, you have to care about your brand when you're meeting with your fans. You're still working on your brand. You're representing yourself, so it's still it's and that's kind of like what I I, I see uh, the profession of of boxer like on the professional scale. It's not just being in the ring; it's being outside the ring and still carry that brand because you're still at work when
1: you're meeting. with yeah, your you're fans. you're an ambassador of not only your brand but of everybody that sponsors you. So exactly. if, if you go ahead and you know, you're wearing the brands of everybody. Like, uh, Jamel, we are able, like, um, he was the first uh, big athlete that we were able to go ahead and get to, uh, you know, in the United States to the Adidas brand, right? And uh, I had to sell Adidas on Jamel. Like, I had to get them to buy into, like, my plan is that in a year he's going to be a world champion, and we're going to do this, and we just signed our deal with Top Rank, and he hadn't even fought a fight for Top Rank yet. We're just leaving. I'm you surprised know, you're uh, not
0: bragging about this deal. I mean, that's huge.
1: Yeah, no. Like, listen, <laughs> we worked hard on it. We're actually, uh, you know, the great partners. And I, I love my family over at Adidas Boxing, Chris and, and, and Amar and all those guys because uh, – and, and Big Sal that helps us out. It's It took me sharing my vision with them and telling them, hey, look, this is what we're going to do. And, um, and and Sal knows it um, because I told him I do – You know, he's a friend. I talk to him all the time. And I told him, hey, look, this is what we're going to do. And everything that I promised, we we delivered on. A year later, he was a world champion. Uh, uh, You know, we started our first fight for top rank was May of uh, 2018. And by May 2019, he was a world champion. And, uh, you know, they've been amazing partners. And uh, through our relationship with them and our sponsorship deal, Mm. they've opened up opportunities where he's done things for uh, photo shoots for uh, you know Dick Sporting Goods, and he's done photo shoots for right. uh, other national campaigns that they're involved in. And they've flown him out, they've taken care of him, they have paid him extra money. This is great. Like uh, uh, you know, these are opportunities that we were able to go ahead and get because um, they believed in him, and we believed in them, and and we did everything, and we continue that we need to do to have that relationship flourish and and grow even more. Because it look it was so goes his deal so goes the deal and opportunity for other fighters Yeah,
0: absolutely so Jerry going back to today's nowadays right we are yes. we're sort of in a funny situation right now we are during this lockdown we're currently all sitting at homes because you know that's what right. we're supposed to do uh, and so do the athletes what do you think is happening right now in in this terms and and I mean, I, I just saw like a tweet from Steve Kim. He's like, I think yeah, based on the people that I talked to, athletes needs to stay prepared because you never know when the things going to happen again. Yes. When the fights are going to be allowed, we see Dan- Dana White, you know, trying to make UFC happen. Uh, when do you think, based like on your personal forecast, when do you think the fights will be back on?
1: First off, this is you know during this time, you know, um, Jamel will be the first one to tell you um, that. You have to understand what it is to really be a manager. You have to reach out to your athletes. Um, you know, not all your athletes are, are going to be uh, financially set to make it through this period. So you have to reach out to them and see if, you know, there's anything they need. And if there is anything they need, then, uh, you know, uh t- you know Jamel make sure that hey we get we get right those
0: I mean it's tough on the fighters because uh, I mean a lot of them are yeah. depending just to have the fights you know to make sure they're fighting so that they can get their paycheck and uh, and now like this opportunity is cut from them so that's
1: right and some look truth be told is some young fighters um, you know have part-time jobs you know they, they may go ahead and and, and you know uh, work as a trainer or may work as a um, you know uh, have clients that they help, you know. Or even uh,
0: further than that, I know fighters could drive Uber. You know, I know yeah, fighters look, who, yeah all of that, and, all kinds of and, and
1: there's a lot of that that's been cut away because, as you stated, the quarantine. Mm-hmm. Everybody has to stay home. So, with that being said, uh, you know it's important. We reach out to fighters, and Jamel is good at it, and he's a great partner because he makes sure that the the fighters that we have a responsibility to that we mm-hmm. keep them informed, mm-hmm. that we let them know what we're doing to get the ball going again because you know, Jamel and I aren't wait and see guys. We we're guys that, you know, like to get out there and, and poke the crowd and figure out what's going on. Mm-hmm. So I understand. So goes MMA. So mm-hmm. goes the UFC. So goes boxing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I understand that. So, you know, May ninth there is going to be a UFC card and, uh, and then there's going to be fights after that. Um, and, you know, through my partnerships and my relationships, we have fighters that are going to get the opportunity to fight again on those cards. It's great but because I know that not only are those fighters going to get to earn, but also that means that we're closer to getting boxing back. And I'd, I I'd like to go ahead and uh, do my homework and figure out, okay, where are they going to fight? Who's the sanctioning body that's going to prove it? Okay, this is going on here. Okay, great then this promoter is going to benefit from it also because this promoter is licensed there too. Mm-hmm. And we connect the dots and then we start making calls and, and asking questions, you know, and, uh, and Jamel's never scared to pick up the phone and start calling uh, some of these promoters and asking, Hey, what's going on here? Or what's right. going on? Or, you know, he's a vest. He, he, he's an interested party because, you know, obviously his fight with Frampton, you right. know, the dynamic on that changes, you know, uh, it goes from being a, a big stadium or arena fight to, yeah, have he, to fight.
0: He, he's one of those dudes have, who has skin in the game. It's literally, yes. you know, depending... He's also depending on the whole situation. So when he's calling... I'm assuming when he's calling the other parties, you know, the they, they respect that he is interested in that and he has skin in the game and he's personally invested in this as well.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, they understand because, like, look, um, you know, um, there's Anthony Joshua's and the Canelo Alvarez's of the world that are big, successful fighters, you know, that have made huge amounts of money, you know, uh, you can throw Gennady Golovkin in there too and Tyson Fury, but then there's a lot of world champions that haven't made that kind of money, you know, and there's a, a, a lot of, uh, uh, world champions that, that, you know, yeah, they, they have uh, some money saved up, but they don't want to go ahead and drain their savings. Uh, right. you know, because of this period, they want to get back to work, you know, like that savings was for, um, you know college educations or for buying a house or or Mm -hmm. or or other things and um you know they they, they're trying to go ahead and just like the rest of us you know the rest of the world they want to get back to work you know Mm -hmm. and um that's where it takes us making phone calls and 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 calling the commissions and calling uh promoters and calling our partners and 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 just figuring out there's got to be a way and um you know that yeah there's it's been it's been a good thing because we're we definitely are, are ahead of the pack in terms of knowing well, who's moving forward and uh, when is it going to take place and what are the proposed. So, you know, today's a better day than, than uh, two weeks ago. And, uh, and, and I think uh, fans, you know, can be patient. There's a lot going on in the world, but, you know.
0: You see a light at the end of the tunnel.
1: I see a light at the end of the tunnel, and, and I see a way that this can be done safe in a safe manner where mm-hmm. the fighters are protected. Uh, the people that are working the event are protected, and uh, and the camera crews and the production are protected also. And uh, you know, this can go forward. You know, for sure. So, so I'm 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 optimistic that uh, soon we'll get back to uh, to be able to provide people with a bit of a distraction, you know, because look. Uh, this, uh, I don't know how many more times we could take the cornhole championships <laughs> on ESPN. <You> know, like, <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 that—that is not the content I want to see. So, uh, you know, look, I, I'm sure that a fight, the the the, you know, uh, would be a nice distraction for boxing fans and for sports fans too. You know, Absolutely. And And look, uh, if uh, I applaud a platform like ESPN because if they go through with the may 9th that's going to be a distraction that a lot of people need you know um absolutely and a fight goes on and, and everybody watches it doesn't matter uh whether you're a fan or not oh my god i yeah, can I'll only watch you
0: know i can only imagine how huge going to be the very first fight whether ufc or boxing it's just going to be crazy just to be that first fight to sort of break through this crisis
1: absolutely yeah and that's one of the things that um you know um the, the, it, that we went ahead and, and talked about. I, Jamel wants to be the first big fight in boxing that is back. And and him and Carl Frampton yesterday they filmed a, a, a interview segment with uh, Christina Poncher. And mm-hmm. uh, I saw know, that.
0: Yeah, it's already yeah. posted on. Uh, she posted that on Twitter this morning.
1: Yeah, and and Jamel was you know adamant about let's do this. You know, we don't need a crowd, you know? Um, (laughs) That's awesome. I I, I fought, you know, he understands he fought in in empty arenas once upon a time when the the only people there were his friends and, and some family members. So, you know, Hey, look, this is a, we're adapting to the times, you know? And of course he needs to fight in an empty arena. Then, uh, so be it, you know, um, let's get it on because he he has a family, Carl Frampton has a family. And at the end of the day, they need to both earn a living, you know, even, even Sanisa, Sanisa, uh, she she's went ahead and built her makeshift gym at home and she's staying nice. ready because she's chomping up the bit. And, and also the other fighters that we work with, like, you know, we have a, a kid that was in camp with Jamal. They were doing a pre-camp before all this that happened. Mm-hmm. A very talented fighter out of Cincinnati, Ohio, uh, Desmond Jarman. He's eight. No four knockouts over 350 amateur fights. Uh, you know, he, he's, he's ready. We have Sean Simpson in Chicago another undefeated uh, weight prospect he's ready to roll you know we have a uh, you know a bronze medalist in the in the world games uh, uh, you know world championships uh, uh, you know Makaya Kreps out of New York and, and she's ready to make her pro debut uh, you know and, and we have a couple other surprises coming. we have some big names that we've went ahead and, uh, and, and been able to work deals with and sign so we can't wait for boxing to get going I mean so we can go ahead and uh, spread the, you know share the news with everybody
0: Absolutely. and so am I Jerry we are we've been speaking for we've been talking to an hour and a half and that's and, and it's sort of like flew by so quickly so I I'm so happy that you reached out and that we can actually have this conversation because
1: likewise I, thank you.
0: Yeah, because I see so much experience and you know, and so much calculation behind what you're saying in terms of like how you work and how you do things. And I, you know, I, I grew to respect you within this an hour and a half so quickly.
1: Yeah, uh, absolutely. Thank you. And you know, and, and like I said, you know, there's a lot of people that know me in boxing, and um, I know the media knows me. Like the, the the guys that have been around for 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 a while. You know, the Steve Kims of the world, the Doug Fishers. You know, the, these guys know me. Uh, uh, Tom um, you know, they, they, they all know who I am and, and, and what I do. Um, but you know, it's being able to go ahead and just, um, you know, the success of the fighters is allowed me to go ahead and share more of what it is exactly. I do, you know, um, like for example, you know, Jamel won comeback fighter of the year for the ring magazine. And that was huge. And, you know, um, I remember getting the call from Doug Fisher, and Doug Fisher goes, "Hey, I just spoke to Jamel and got some quotes for the Ring Magazine issue." And I said, "Okay, cool." And he goes, "We gave him Comeback Fighter of the Year," and I said, "This is great." Awesome. And he goes, "Hey, he he spoke highly of you," and I said, <laughs> "What?" And he goes, "Yeah, he gave you a lot of credit for his career," and I said, "Wow, you know that means a lot." And I said, "And you know, it's just the fighter. You do right by the fighter, and the fighter's going to go ahead and, and 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 represent for you, you know, and uh, and, and the fighter's going to go ahead and tell everyone." Um, that you've done well for them and that's 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 more important to me you know than anything because when you know we're able to have success stories like Jamal and success stories like Sinisa and um you know we're going to do this with other fighters uh, I, I wholeheartedly believe that the other fighters that we work with are each going to become world champions you know they're each going to become world champions because they have the talent and we have the game plan and the blueprint of how to get them there it's just a matter of time and, No doubt. Uh, yeah, and it's just uh, you know this can happen very quickly here. I just need them to go ahead and uh, buy into what we're doing and the, the the rhyme and the reason behind it. We can get it done. So I'm I'm, I'm thankful that that uh, you're able to have me on and uh, I'm able to go ahead and share a little bit of the knowledge that I have and uh, and you know my experience and uh, you know uh, uh, it's I'm, a, I'm it's, looking to
0: it. It's an honor for me, sir. How do how can people find you? How can they reach out to you if they if they would like to work with you? Yeah, or, um, yeah
1: yeah on twitter and on I'm on twitter and on uh also on instagram as uh, wildcard king so that's w i l d c a r d uh k i n g wildcard king on Wild both uh and you know uh you can give give myself a follow
0: is it the same handle for twitter and instagram
1: yeah it's the same handle Perfect. for twitter and instagram and, uh, and and you'll see me there you'll see my pictures with jamela with sanisa and uh and you know if, if anyone that has any questions or you know uh any, uh, any, any, you know, any fans or fighters that have questions, you know, feel free to reach out.
0: Thank you so much, sir. And once again, it was an honor. And I wish you all best of luck with you and your your clients and your team.
1: Thank you, thank you. And uh, you know, hopefully soon uh, we'll be able to go ahead and, and be back on and with some uh, with some big news. And uh, you know, once we get the ball rolling here in the next couple of weeks, I think um, I'll be able to go ahead and share some uh, some big news with you guys.
0: Thank you so much, Jerry. All right. All right. Thank you. Goodbye. Goodbye.